Hello, everyone, and welcome to the podcast, Young Blondes Bourbon. I'm your host, Caitlin Files. I'm a young, white, female-identifying lawyer who lives in Bucks County, Pennsylvania, outside of Philly. This podcast runs as a sister show to Young Black Suburban, hosted by Tim Witherspoon Jr. The Young Suburban podcast hosts guests to engage in conversation about their different life journeys and perspectives. My show, Young Blonde, has a special focus on badass babes out there doing the damn thing. So welcome and thank you for tuning in. Let's jump into today's episode. All right, welcome back to another episode of Young Blonde Suburban. We have another Laura here, so we just had a Laura before you. Um, this is Laura Suarez, my bestie. How you doing, girl? Very nervous, but I'm here. <laughs> oh my God, it's okay. We're going to be okay today. All right. Take a deep breath. Just relax. We're like in a totally chill. It's like Sunday vibes. You're in sweat. I am a little too casual. We talk literally every single day. This is no change. (laughs) You're just, you have like four cameras. Uh, Yeah. And a ring light. Do you see how professional this is? Mm -hmm. I don't know. What's up? Um, So I wanted you on here because you are a teacher. And a very creative teacher, by the way, from what you tell me um, when we go to boxing class together. But we haven't really had, um, we had Jessica, my friend Jessica on here. She's a principal at an all-girls charter school up in um, New York. But we haven't had a teacher on here to kind of talk about what they've seen through the pandemic, um, teaching, dealing with the in-school, out-of-school, mask on, mask off kids not being there for a year and then coming back in and kind of just what it's been like to be a teacher, like down in the trenches every day doing it. So we're going to ask you about that stuff today. You All ready? Right. <laughs> I'm ready. You're ready. <laughs> All right. So you are from Bucks County, right? I am. Yes. Yeah. Um, and it was already kind of crazy for me because I've been teaching almost 10 years at this point, but I chose to pursue changing where I was working at, not knowing that this pandemic was about to take over and completely You changed blow. right before the pandemic? Absolutely. Look at you. I know. I Who knew? <laughs> it was like a whole process of the school that I was at. So I was working for a charter school in the city. Um, and so my commute would be going down into Philadelphia each and every day, um, kind of in like that Tarsdale, Mayfair, like I had students from all area. over the Northeast area. Um, but after a while, I just kind of peaked there. Um, it was a charter school. And although I loved the school that I worked at, I loved the experience that I got there professionally, you do end up peaking in the education field at a charter. Okay. Um, I encourage like anyone who's starting out or a college graduate to begin at a charter school, because I think that like they have so much they can offer you in terms of like your classroom management routines, the support of having like a mentoring teacher of having like more of a control of what goes on in your classroom, the things that you're going to teach, how you're going to go about teaching it. But the limitations of the charter are while they can kind of create their own rules and stuff. They also don't have to follow a system of, honoring you know your professional developments so that's what um, I ask when you say peak like yeah. what ha- like where do you what do you mean so after working there for about eight years and feeling as if I really established myself as an educator being you know liked by my students you know being really professional with them and really helping them grow I personally couldn't move up in my own platform there um it didn't seem to matter that I 
obtained a master's degree. It didn't seem to matter the test scores that I would produce out of my children for our state testing exams. Um, there was no real like pay scale. And that's why, like, unfortunately, as you as a person start to grow, because I feel like a lot of the times people in general forget that like teachers are people too, mm -hmm. and that we have to, yes, we love what we do. And yes, we love our students and the kids and whatever, but we also have personal lives. Right. And that's why I was saying like any new graduate, like a charter school is great for you. But then as you know, I'm, I'm in my thirties now. And when I start to think about things of like purchasing a home and getting married and having children and stuff like that, when you don't have the job ladder that you can continuously cry, uh, climb, it like kind of affected how much longer I could work there for it. So after getting like a master's degree, after getting dual certified and not only, you know, teaching English, but also becoming a reading specialist. So having my degree, having a specialist degree, um, there was no way to jump salary. They didn't give any type of compensation for going back to school. So I saw no money for me having to continue improving my education, but they don't pay for any of it as a charter school. Um, they didn't give me any type of pay raise because I earned this type of degree. And it just became hard because they like hearing that you have all that stuff and want right. to put more on your plate, but there's no real movement there with it. I have so many questions to ask you just on, yeah. based on what you just said. Um, okay. So the charter school in general is a more support. I mean, we've been hearing a lot about charter schools yes. in the last 10 years or so really mm -hmm. gaining traction. And so for teachers, it's really supportive. Yes. But in, when you're in a public school system, you are going to get kind of that pay if you have the master's yes. dual certification. Okay. So for teachers, while the day-to-day -day classroom setting might be more supportive for a charter, the actual career options are going to be better in the public school system. Absolutely. Okay. And it's hard because I try to emphasize and talk about different things to my friends that are starting to have kids of where they should go to. And like, and like I said, like charter schools are great because they have a lot of more things that they can fall back on. If you get thrown out of a charter school, you go to the public school. Right. So like at a charter school, they can be very, very strict with their discipline, mm -hmm. the things that they allow, their bullying practices and stuff like that. Like specifically at the school that I worked at, there was a no tolerance for fighting. If you got into a fight or a physical altercation with another student, you were both kicked out of the school. There was no, oh, okay, Damn. we're going to do it. Like, that's it. You were removed. Yeah. Especially teaching in the inner city where say, if you think of the school. other options and you made that lottery and got into this charter school, yeah. your parents were ticked off. You yeah. know, if you couldn't handle Catholic it there. schools have that. Because I went no. to Catholic school. I don't think there was a no tolerance. Yeah. I think it was. Charters are very, like, yeah. they are very no tolerant because they can do that. If you go to a public school, we don't always have, it's depending yeah. even what funding is, if there are those programs like the cyber school programs or the after, they call them like, you know, like the twilight, like the after school when it's like the behavioral wing of like, okay, you're going to go to school from five to eight or six to nine or whatever it is. Like they can't do the same right. thing that a charter school can. That so makes sense. The, in the classroom was great because the kids were there to learn. They felt very, very safe. I didn't really have to deal with you know, a lot of bullying. They were very accepting and loving of each other, especially same thing. Like parents would say like, I want my kids to go there because they are different. Or I know that they have this disability and they're going to have like the support and they're not going to have all of these kids that are kind of crazy and, you know, making their, their child feel uncomfortable. So all of that is phenomenal on what it offers. But then the other side is just the personal aspect of it, of 
I give my life for all of it, but then they don't match right. the other things. You, you want me to continue to improve my craft, but you don't want to pay me for something like that. You want me to deliver this professional development session to all of the staff members because I learned this in my master's program, but there's no compensation for it. You want me to run this club because it's great for the kids, but they don't pay for it. Right. So charter schools really can take advantage of their teachers sometimes, um, which is why they have a bigger turnaround. Um, than most of the other school in terms of like employment of people that get hired and quit and leave and so on. So I think we've seen a lot in the last couple of years of the spotlight turn on teachers during COVID, Um, which it should have been on for years before, because I don't know if I, so I taught for one year and I will to this date say it is the hardest year I've ever had. I went to law school, I took the bar exam. The hardest thing I've ever done was teaching for one year. Um, and I just feel like I always tell people, if you haven't taught or you haven't worked in the service industry before, you can never yell at a waitress. You can never yell at a teacher. No. You don't understand what it's like. You don't understand how to feel so underappreciated for a job that is so hard. Mm-hmm. And you are molding like little humans. Yeah. Um, what I wanted to really talk about is... And I wonder, you know, when you were at the charter school, what grade were you teaching? Um, so the school that I was at ran from ninth through 12th. Um, I did a year where I taught ninth grade. Most of my time was with 10th graders. Um, and then I had other classes that was sometimes rotated where I could have a study hall that was combined grade levels, or I would um, take on this mentorship for like our seniors who were transitioning into like college and stuff. So my main focus was 16 um, year olds as 10th graders. And what about now? Now I actually have 12 year olds. Um, so I kind of hinted at earlier when we were saying that I was looking for a career change and I started applying, did all these interviews in, in January of 2020. And then um, by the time everything went through, once I resigned, like they kind of, they, they can keep you. There was like a 60 day window that they can keep you. They wanted me to finish out like the marking period and stuff. Cause I was doing a mid-year switch and it was the most difficult thing that I ever had to do, like telling my students that I was leaving them. And it, it was really hard, but I thought when I originally left, I left for a comparable position. I left for a 10th grade high school position oh. in a public school. Okay. That was so what I accepted. you had accepted a job yes. that you were not in. Correct. Okay. Yes. Um, okay. So the switch starts to happen January, 2020. Yeah. When do you actually leave the charter school? I left at the end of February and then began my new position in March of 2020. Did you begin that 10th grade position? I did. So I started at the high school, literally started with the 10th graders. I was in building with these kids five days, Monday. I started March 10th or whatever. I think it was Friday the 3rd. I remember it was Friday the 13th was the last Mm -hmm. day. So I'm sorry. So maybe it was Monday the 9th, Mm -hmm. if that's whatever. We know you're not a math teacher. No, please don't even know. Um, but it was that Monday you it was started. that Monday I started and then by Friday they said take your Chromebook home with you because we're not coming back at all and this was the public school this is the public school okay. and so I finished the rest of that school year from my own makeshift classroom out of my apartment with my 10th graders and then for 2020 to 2021 year it was all virtual um so then what happened was I finished out that was 2019 to 2020 Right. Yeah. Um, and then over the summer was when I found out about my building transfer. So being the last hire, I guess they do a lot of seniority. Um, they originally wanted to move another male teacher to take on this middle school position, but he just pulled the card of rightfully so he's been there longer than me. He didn't want to reinvent the leg. All right. So I 
moved on to there. And then yes, we stayed virtual. So the year of 2020 to 2021 was a lot of chaos because that was the, we started virtual, then it was just teachers came back into building, then it was our high needs special education population, like those that have um, emotional support, those that are pretty high on like the spectrum, those that um, had, you know, significant learning disabilities, they started trickling back in. Then it opened up to the rest of the, the special education, those that have 504s for depression, anxiety, um, those that have the other IEPs, which maybe just had like one specific area, like it could have just been like a uh, uh, disability and a math focus um, instead of like all subject areas like you know intellectual right. disability um, so they started trickling back in then it started optional you could be in person or you could be at home uh, then there was people even like it was just I don't even know how to explain it because every day I was like oh okay I'm gonna have no one in my room with me oh, okay I'm gonna have 15 in my room with me mm -hmm. oh we have this type of outbreak and building now I'm back to five kids in the room with me so it was crazy craziness yeah, I remember, so my, sis, my sisters are both speech pathologists. One's in a hospital, so she, you know, wasn't there. But the other one's in a school, in a school district. And I remember her trying to explain the problems because they need the children in person, mm -hmm. especially for the speech lessons. But at the same time, it was during, there were no vaccine checks yeah. or anything. It was yep. crazy. And no one really knew she was terrible. She was pregnant. She had little kids at home. But they couldn't really have masks on because it's the speech class. Yep. Um, and it was just like this, this is what needs to be done, but also we can't do it. So these kids are really suffering, yeah. but then also the teachers, it's like, are we sacrificing these teachers and sending them just back in yeah. without vaccines, without anything? Um, it felt, it felt insane. I remember just being like, I can't imagine being a teacher right now through all this. I can't imagine being a student. I can't imagine being a parent. The whole situation was nuts. Mm -hmm. Um, did you see, I guess, have you seen with the kids, because um, you've been teaching for how long now? I not graduated, just there, not in general. I mean, I graduated in 2012 from college. So, and then I started subbing. So it's about a decade. I, yeah, it's about a decade. All right. So, yeah. Have you seen, what have you seen with the kids? Um, with <laughs> I have seen. Let's start it academically. Okay. How's so, it been going with the virtual? There's, process? so now, so this year we are all back in. Um, it was very difficult when it was the hybrid of, uh, there was some kids in me, me, in with me and then some online. Did you have to make double lesson plans? I had that? to be in like three places at once. Cause I had to be present and eye contact and engage with those in front of me. But then I had the live streaming of those kids that were at home. Mm -hmm. And then I also had to have a separate screen where I can monitor what everyone's doing on their Chromebook because at that point we weren't allowed to distribute materials just because of cross-contamination. I can't pass out books and then recollect them for right. the next class. I can't pass out a worksheet to you, have you use it, me collect it, me take it out because this was still like people didn't know right. what was going on. So it was really hard of me trying to figure out like, how do I do this? Right. How do I, and then, you know, like you're going back and forth. If I had this unmuted, I'm getting an echo here and I can't get too close to it. Like it was craziness of like the six feet and making sure everyone was spaced out of trying to give someone instructions on what to do, but I wasn't allowed to be over their shoulder. And so much of teaching is about the personal connection that you have. Yeah, especially the, the younger kids. The younger kids. You gotta be on top of them. Even with like, you have to think even with the mask wearing this much of my face mm -hmm. is covered and, Part of teaching is 
behavior management. It's conveying your personality and like socials. And you can't Mm -hmm. do any of that with them. Like I have to, I had to change even just how I control and manage my classroom because there's no visual cues. You know what I mean? If you can see my mouth and you're, and I say, Kate, and I give you a look, they kind of have the idea that they should be stuck. If they don't have that and I just say your name, you don't see that I'm not smiling. You don't see that I'm pursed lips. You don't see that I am like, you know, trying to get your attention in a serious way. So you have to almost think of like, okay, how can I work on correcting behaviors, but also not like calling people out a lot and embarrassing Mm -hmm. them because it's so much more vert. I have to speak, you know, I can't walk by and tap your desk to refocus you because I wasn't allowed to like go near and touch you or like other, other kids, they prefer just like, you know, like a shoulder tap or something to help that that's just their cue of when they're off task or when they're doing something they're not supposed to. And like a lot of that was taken away from us of me being able to show the expression on my face and me being able to get close and just do the two finger tap on the desk or me even, you know, being able to just put a hand on someone's shoulder as I'm talking to know that they, you know, they need to make sure that they're paying attention. So uh, we lost a lot of that. And that was part of your craft that you have to reinvent and figure out like, okay, how am I going to do this instead? You know, um, it's hard. Did you see any of the kids, did you see a change in the performance academically? Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, a lot of the kids, even when they were at home, um, they weren't learning. And unfortunately, teachers constantly bear the weight of it's my fault. Of what am I not? I must not mm-hmm. be designing the most engaging lesson when I'm like, or as you as a parent, you know, and not to blame anyone because you don't know what goes on at home, but like right. understanding that your house, there's three different kids. Maybe you have an 11th grader, a fifth grader and a kindergarten all trying to log on at the same time. You know, maybe you don't have the ability to set up a quiet desk workspace area for them to do. Mm-hmm. Maybe you're at work and not even home. Right. But so much of it kept coming back on us of like, it, um, my son's been long. I'm like, he hasn't logged on. Right. I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm like, you're, I haven't seen your kid. And oh, and the other thing too was when they were at home, um, we couldn't require them to put their cameras on because that would open up bullying or, you know what I mean? Of just thinking, you don't seeing know, inside. seeing, seeing inside someone's home. Maybe they have a messier home. Maybe, you know, they have kids running around or pets, this, that. So we were not allowed to require the kids to put their cameras on. So there was no way for me no to know. No sense of accountability whatsoever. I didn't know what my kids. students looked like. Right. I went an entire school year knowing a student's name was Kevin. Had no clue what Kevin looked like. You know what I mean? Other than the fifth grade, because you got to think, this started in, kids were, you know, like I teach yeah. seventh grade now. So I'm saying like when they were pulled out, their last normal year was fifth, fifth grade, grade for them. So I'd have a fifth grade picture in my online, you know, attendance book. I'm like, is that what they even look and like? Seventh and eighth grade are seventh very transformative kid. years. Braces. <laughs> like haircuts, like they're coming into their own. And now they have shoes and hard. So it was a year of some kids not knowing what they looked like at all. Um, kids laying in their bed like this with their laptop just on them and not understanding why they, they're falling asleep. Mm-hmm. You know, so it was a lot of things. And I think, unfortunately, people look who that they can blame in the situation. And I think that teachers get vilified in it. And a lot of the times other people forget too, even that like we're people and we have families and this and that. Right. And like, you know, we also have to take into our own, like, what do, you, what do you mean you can't come in? Like, well, you don't know that I have a, I could have a child that suffers from asthma and this, that, like, so it's hard. It was really, really hard. Did, I noticed the kids. Yeah. 
were there, and I'm not sure because I know you're in a you're in a Bucks County school district. Mm-hmm. Not saying that there's not disparities there financially, which I'm sure there are, but it's a little bit different a lot of times from inner city financial disparities. Um, I knew a big conversation was just keep everyone home, just keep them virtual. Taking the learning aside, not everyone has the means, like right. the internet, mm-hmm. just internet speed or computer, because yeah. not all school districts can provide computers to go home with the kids. Did you guys experience any of that? Or was everyone pretty much, everyone has Wi-Fi, everyone can um, jump on? No, we had to provide hotspots okay, as well. Yeah. So not only did every student get a Chromebook, but they had the option to get like a hotspot too, but there was no training time on anything. It really okay. was that take your stuff home. This is what's happening. And like when it, there's a product pickup drive by line, like much how they're doing like test um, mm-hmm. testing distributions, it was the same thing. You'd pull up, open a window or just unlock a door and the computer and stuff was placed back there for you. It really wasn't teaching a lot of these kids how to log on, how to right. connect to the hotspot. What's the online platform that we're going to be using? How can I contact my teacher if I need help and stuff? Because a lot of that we do in person. Yeah. You know, like I start my school year off where I, I teach them all how to email me and how to do a professional email. And like when it was virtual, it was laggy. It was slow. I'm trying to share my screen. Like I'm even getting cut off because my internet might not be the best because everyone was working from home at that point. So it was hard because there was real, like no preparation able to be for any of it. You kind of had to go in and hope that like you knew what you were doing, that your kid was tech savvy or that you could afford to take time off and get this set up. But there was like, you couldn't get desks anywhere when everyone was like, think of like the toilet paper shortage, but there was also like educational supply shortages. Like you couldn't get a cheap desk to set up anywhere. Everyone was picking up chairs and desks and stools and stuff like that. So it was, it was interesting. I know you're not on the admin side of stuff, but I just saw something on social media that a 7-Eleven, I forget where it was, had posted we understand that most people rely on school lunches yeah. Um, and anyone who's 18 or younger can come in at lunchtime, grab a slice of pizza, Gatorade and banana. Mm-hmm. It's on us. Were you guys struggling with providing? I'm assuming you guys provide school lunches. We for did. And even, even now, um, breakfast and lunch is still free mm-hmm. um, to help with the hardship of everything that's going on. So every kid, every is, kid in the school, every kid. Awesome. So it doesn't matter. Like normally, you know, you'd have to apply, yeah. you know, growing up for me, like I got reduced, you know, come from a single right. mom, I got reduced lunch, but it was a whole application of moms would have to turn in pay stubs, this, that. Now, since this all happened, um, since 2020, breakfast and lunch have been free for all students. Oh, so they can awesome. come in, they can go to breakfast, they can get lunch there. Obviously, they can still pack their own foods if they want, but they have the opportunity to do that. And the same thing when it was virtual, there was lunch pickup days. They would brown bag everything and you had the opportunity to swing by the school from the lunchtime of 12 to 1230 and pick up uh, meals for... And I think they would even give like three per card load if you wanted. Like okay. they, they were giving out food. Well, that's good because I know a lot of Phillies schools were struggling with yeah. that so it's nice that you know the school districts out here and bus were being a little bit better yeah. so the kids are back kids are back <laughs> yeah mass on still right everyone mass, everyone is mask on how has it been with the kids back in school um they're wild um be- <laughs> yeah behaviorally they've been out of school for two yes, years behaviorally they have been out of school for two years and they don't know what it's like to follow the rules like of saying, oh no, like, and, and also like, it's a combination too, because they're excited to be back. So of course yeah. you're so used to being able to like run up and hug your friend or be, you're in middle school. Of course you're shoving and touching. touching and you're this, always that. touching. You can't do that. 
You know what I mean? So, oh, is there like a no touching rule? Yeah, they they have to walk on certain sides of the hallway. I mean, oh my god! Now that we're in 2022, I, I do think that stuff's a little bit more lenient. But mm-hmm. when they first all started coming back, it was very strict like that. I mean, mask on, walking on this side of the hallway. We did away with water fountains and replaced with like the bottle fillings. Mm-hmm. That way, you weren't putting your mouth on it. Um, we had to do different tra- seating charts, had to be update, updated every single day, bathroom sign outs and stuff like that. We're very specific of who's in there. What are they touching? Like all that stuff. Um, but it's hard because the kids just aren't used to it. And they're kids. They're kids. They're kids. They wore pajamas to school for two years and they mm-hmm. don't understand why they can't come to school with their no back um, slippers and their plaid pajama pants anymore we're like that's just not what you do like that's not how school is like you have you can wear sweatpants but you can't come in your jammies you know um (laughs) i mean most adults are struggling going back to work right now trust me i i know i mean i was guilty of like (laughs) when i was working from home it was business from here oh yeah you can see on the camera and then i was in like the courtroom is still virtual so i am very much still jammies yeah (laughs) um so they've been it's just, you know, you're just kind of teaching them how to human again and, yeah. and how to behave, you know, like, oh, I don't think that's nice. You probably shouldn't say that. Does that feel like, okay. like, is that, is that new? I mean, that's got to, because you don't normally have, you no. normally have to like teach them basic yeah. things, but is there just an added emphasis now on like, this is how we Kindness. behave in public. This is how we behave. There's even, I mean, I taught high school for eight years. Mm. So like I was used to helping kids with studying for their driver's permit, helping them pick out which prom. Oh, miss, I have these three, these dresses. Which one do you like? Yeah. Can you be a job reference on this application? Can you look over my college essay? So I'm also learning about, okay, now I'm dealing with 12-year-olds and those are not the same struggles that they have at all. You know, and I have to learn like what they're being influenced by. Like we had to implement a, a new phone policy this year because that was getting out of control because the kids are just glued to them, mm-hmm. glued to technology, glued to the, the Chromebooks where they know how to hack and play all of the games, glued to having their phones with them. And then they're recording and taking pictures and doing things that were like really not nice um, to each other at all. And so we're trying to just teach them what it's like to be nice to other people again. Yeah. You know, because you're used to being, you're home with your sibling for two years, who, of course, you're like, get out of my room, loser. You know, now that you're yes. in school, you can't just say someone like, give my pencil back, you loser. You can't. I'm like, oh, we don't say that. We don't like, talk that yeah, way. We don't say, we can't, can't say that. I saw something that was like, it's funny that the generation that's behind us, like the Gen Z and the one after that, whatever they're going to be called next, but they promote all this stuff like be kind be kind but then what they're actually doing with their phones yeah, is har- horrible bullying to yeah. each other and like this whole new like i mean listen we were influenced growing up remember we were just talking on the podcast before you about how like britney spears weighed like 125 pounds mm-hmm. and she was fat to us like yeah. you had to be skinny you had to be skinny but now it's like everything's filtered like everything is on the internet everything's being recorded mm-hmm. And we were talking, Lauren and I work out together at this boxing gym, but there's my younger cousin goes with us. She's 19. And instead of doing the actual ab exercises, she's she like taking pictures. pictures. <laughs> oh, she lays down, takes the picture, but doesn't do the she exercise. Do yeah. I was like, <laughs> but it's like, what? I don't, I just, it, we didn't have that. We didn't have the pressure of the social media. I didn't get a phone until I was like 17. I think I was 13 and it was the prepaid one where yeah. it was 25 cents was to like send flip- something. There oh, was the no Nokia. Inter- the Nokia. Yeah. Do you, I remember if you accidentally clicked the internet, I was like, 
So like you did not do any, you didn't do anything on your phone besides like listen to ringtones. Yeah. Like that's what you did. No, you didn't even let you record. You held your phone up to the TV <laughs> to play the song. Get the, and then you're just like, and then you played like Snake. Can't get to my phone. Bye. And then you play again like the music. Yeah, and Snake. That was the other thing. Because that was the only free game. And yep. you weren't allowed to purchase anything mm-hmm. on your phone. Like kids do not understand. You had like Game Boy and then a phone. And then maybe if you're lucky one day, you got like a little iPad yeah. pod thing to listen to music to. I still listen to mine on the airplane. <laughs> I cannot figure You and out. my dad are the only people I know that have iPods. I just feel so. like if I'm up in the air, how do I get Wi-Fi? I don't. So I just use my iPod that has Gosh, my music yes. already loaded on it. I wish you at the converse I was with my dad yesterday. And he was like, I'm missing my little music player. And my sister was like, what music player? What are you talking about? What is that? And I was like, he's already on an iPod. Yeah. And she was like, what are you doing past that? You have a phone. Yeah. Well, now you and my dad can listen to your iPods. Honestly, <laughs> yeah, it's great. And I have my wi- my earphones that have been through the wash. And so the wires all yes! twisted and messed up. All right, girl, I won't make fun of you for that because I still have that. It's in my ears. I don't have the AirPods or whatever that the kids. I'm just, listen, I have AirPods for when I run. Yeah. But do you know how many people I see AirPods with the connectors now? And I'm like, just wear the headphones. Yeah. I don't understand. I guess the difference is it's not connected to your phone, but whatever. It feels like we're just doing total circles here. Yeah. Um. So <laughs> just talking about this. So the kids, I now know, understand, like have their phones on them all day. Yes. Like um, all day. Yes. And it's, I've, so I've even noticed too, like now that we have had our no phone policy, it's great. Because the kids are forced to, to focus more. Right. Um, because you don't even, I mean, we're all guilty of it too. You don't realize you think you're checking something and then 20 minutes later, you're still scrolling and watching Absolutely. certain things. And it caused a lot of problems, especially this year with all the different like challenges that were being posted. Um, there was oh, like the yeah. one month that was like stealing school property. There was the next month that was like smacking a teacher. There was that one that just came out that was like a bomb. There like, was the one, the, the, the make the a, a threat? threat, make a school threat challenge or something like that. What like, even, like, what even, I don't even understand that. I don't know. And these kids worship and listen and like all of that stuff. And they don't understand where I'm like, that's not cool. And they're like, what right. do you mean? I'm like, that's just not. Like, I don't know, their, their role models today, I think are like misaligned. I don't know. Yeah. I just, even like at the start of every school year, you know, you do like get to know you activities and I always try to do like a soundtrack of my life because like they can tell me songs that they like and it can be a theme song to their favorite show. It can be something that's like a video game opening scene. It can be something from their favorite movie. And half the artists, I don't even recognize that they tell me, or it's like just these real heavy like rappers like I felt like no one at all was like listing pop singers or country singers it was all these like I couldn't even tell you like polo this baby that baby (laughs) my baby I'm like who what yeah like no one was whereas like for us and stuff like you had those performers of like Hillary Duff or Britney Spears and like Eminem was the most cons- like you know what I mean controversial person you'd have on like I was about to say your, I, your playlist I had to like hustle to try to listen yeah. to Eminem because my mom was breaking my mm-hmm. CDs left and right oh my <laughs> god I how many times the Eminem she's just yes. my best friend my mom would snap the Eminem show in half snap like, Eminem once a week. 50 cent like Luda, yep. all of my CDs got snapped as soon as my mom found the kids them. are like allowed to listen to stuff like There's, that it, how i don't even know as a parent i mean it would be i guess you would have to constantly 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 check and stay on top of it but mm-hmm. even just a pandora station or anything on like the radio is playing all the stuff yeah. now like there's really no the kids have access to everything they do and 
it's so crazy or like frustrating because all it takes sometimes is you just telling them no. Like, so one of my methods of how I do like classroom management is I do play music when they're working um, because I use it as a tool of like, I should, I put it on a certain volume. I should be able to hear my music. If I can't, that means you're too loud kind of a thing. Like I will not turn it up. You know, this is where it's at. You need to keep your voices below it. And then that way they know if I ever need to like pause to like instruct, if I turn my music off, they stop eyes on me right away. I say, Oh, you know, blah, blah, blah. had a great question about what we're doing. And this is going to explain it. Anyone else? All right, cool. Back to work. And then I'll put the music and stuff for them, but I don't let them pick the station. And they don't complain. Like it's so crazy because they act cool and they want all these rappers and this, that. But I'll play Disney Station, Big Time Rut. Like Love I'll play, and they don't sit there. And they another good one, instrumental hip hop. Okay. Because there's no lyrics to it, but they're like the beat. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like you know what I mean. So it's they're doing their work, but actually they're writing down lyrics. Are <laughs> but sometimes all they need is just someone saying like. I don't think you should do that. And then mm-hmm. they're still like, no, you're right. Like, okay, that's fine. You know, they don't fight with me and say like, oh, well, if you're not going to play, um, I don't know, like whoever, like you're not going to play this, this artist for me. Well, I'm not going to, they're like, okay, well just whatever you want to put on this. Yeah. Like, that's fine. And I'm like, I've oh. heard that like kids, like they're going to give you pushback in the end of the day. They actually create they, the structure. They, they create actually, the guidance. They do. They need you to be like, no. Mm-hmm. Like they're gonna fight you, but at the end of the day, yeah. That's the day, the days that I'm not there, like if I happen to take a sick day or a person, I'll come back and they're like, "Where were you? Is everything okay?" And I'm like, "Oh yeah, like you know, I just had." They're like, "Well, you didn't tell us that you weren't gonna be here. I they came in that. and I didn't know that we weren't gonna do da 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 da." I'm like, "Oh, like they're still kids and they crave yeah. that." And I think that sometimes that gets lost, especially when like they weren't in school. Who was giving them all like this structure, these routines, and it's like, oh, sometimes parents. there was the loss there too because they couldn't establish it there wasn't like okay you got home we're gonna do our homework like all of a sudden school was at home you know what I mean so the parents almost couldn't build off of the routine that their kid had throughout the day like okay you have homework from 3 30 to 4 but then we have to be at the field by 5 like all of a sudden there was no sports that the kids were able to do because you couldn't do the group activities um there was no real way to like assign and do homework because everything was already, you're doing it online and stuff. So it's like, I can't continuously assign you more stuff to do because you're working from home as is. So um, yeah, routines and stuff fell off for a lot of kids. And so they just weren't used to, or like knew how to function, I guess, with all of that. Yeah. I think it's like a big thing. It's like, I remember growing up, like I had school and then I would go to basketball practice and I would come home and I would eat dinner and then I had mm-hmm. homework. And then if I was lucky, I got to watch some TV yeah. and then go to bed. But like we were talking, I was talking to my friend the other day because she was like, I remember like if I were grounded or if I were going to miss like a show, I would have to record that on yeah. VHS. Like there was no option to go to my room and like watch TV. Like we did have like certain set routines. And I feel like kids these days are like so grown because yeah, they, they stay up every... all hours of the night. I've been shocked to hear how late some kids are staying up like Very late. 10, 30, 11. I was like, I was in bed. Oh, I hear, I hear my 12 year old saying, I didn't go to bed till 2 a.m. And I'm like, what are you talking about? They're like, well, I was on YouTube. And I'm like, if my mom oh. knew that I was searching YouTube oh or whatever, or on whatever, playing on something, like, absolutely not. Also, I don't understand how they're functioning the next day in school. Like, right. you're not getting enough sleep. Kids need, like, 8 to 10 hours at least or something like Yeah, like I that. actually did. Uh, when my kids came back after New Year's, um, we do a lot of, like, 
uh, work for a couple of weeks with like goal setting and like how to overcome um, challenges that you might have and stuff. And one of the the articles that we do and focus on is like a, it was called like what sleep is and like why all kids need it and everything. And so we talked about like the different stages of sleep and what happens when you get interrupted at this point and how your body functions. Um, and we talked about how like sleep really is important in like your resolutions and your goal setting and to be able to be like the best version of yourself. Mm-hmm. To where you're not irritable, so you're not coming to school looking to start something with someone because yeah. you had a bad day. Yeah. You know what I mean? So you're not falling asleep when someone's given the direct instruction before they say, okay, now, okay, you ready to go? And it's like, well, no, I don't know what's going on because I was falling asleep when you were talking. Yeah. You know, so, um, yeah, sleep is very important and they don't, they're not getting it. And I feel like, listen, parents are great and everything, but like being around an adult all day instead of in with your like peers Mm -hmm. there's got to be this weird kind of because we socialize different now as adults we talk different I mean we're more abrasive than children are and like I feel like it's got to be almost now you have like 25 like wannabe adults in your classroom yeah who are learning how to be friends with each other again whereas it's not like you just were they're there all the time they spend and they they don't have to make like it's hard to explain because a lot of my kids their friends are online friends that they just all log on at the same time and play this this video it's, game it, they can you can like find friends now yeah through the internet. uh there's like, things like this? discord and, like there's just that that's all that they use like these online platforms so when you take those things away and it's like well no you're not just going to send videos back and forth on tiktok or you're not going to sit and do um whatever this like uh the among us games and stuff they would you're not gonna have all your friends in a room playing this that like you actually need to just like go and sit and find something to do with that person well we've talked about this and not even just kids Mm -hmm. but like at the gym we go to there have been people who are younger than us who will message will like try to talk to us on social media but not in person yeah and it's we find that weird because we're older than them and but i think their generation like does that they Mm -hmm. almost talk to each other through a medium but when you see each other in person you don't really talk which is so bizarre yeah and i'm concerned about what the future looks. can you imagine i how, know like, people don't know me. how to talk in their I generation know. i know that was the same thing too even when we were virtual it was like the kids wouldn't unmute like so not only did i not know what some of the kids ever looked like because they didn't have to put their cameras on um they didn't ever have to speak I couldn't force someone to unmute and say, hi, I'm here because there is a chat box. Yeah. You know what I mean? So if I'm doing attendance, they could just type in the chat box here or they could, we used an app called like go guardian, which allowed me to watch all of their screens and I could close tabs if they were playing a game or I could direct message them on there to say like, Hey, I see you went on question number six for four minutes. So you need, you know, some help with that or whatever. But I didn't know what their voices sounded like. Um, they didn't have to actually raise their hand and ask for help in any type of way. Like they could just shoot a message now where they're in classroom. Some of them fear any type of speaking out loud and having to like address with a peer or ask a teacher for to clarify something or whatever. So it's hard to figure out those things and creating an environment where they feel like safe and willing to like want to share and do that stuff with. And it's hard because I remember, I mean, teachers are instrumental. I have since becoming an attorney and opening my own firm I've literally gone back and thanked a lot of teachers mm-hmm. who have to this day left indelible marks that like I would not be where I am without teachers and I'm like my parents are obviously everything to me but the teachers have formed me and like mm-hmm. my interest in everything I hated English literally hated the subject in high school and then I was an English major to law school yeah. and I owe it all to my English high school and English teacher um and 
I feel like they're losing that. There's that personal connection with the teacher, not inappropriate, just a personal mm-hmm. connection with the teacher that the teacher is going to mean so much to you. And I feel like it's really hard nowadays to connect with your students. It's just with a mask on. Yeah. Like they, you're right. They can't see you now. They can't. So they don't know how to read. Like even a part of like the way that I teach is I like to be very like poking fun or silly. You're and personable. This, that. You are. And, but they can't like, even when I'm re- I, I teach English or ELA, it's called a middle school because we do a lot of like grammar and mm-hmm. stuff with them. But um, when I'm reading a story, they can't even see my face. So I, you know, I'm into it and I'm trying to go through and then all they just see is the eyes and they don't understand. <laughs> I would love and to I'm watch like, that. <laughs> oh, you know, like I'll do, we just read recently, like, you know, Ricky Tiki Tavi and I'm like, mm-hmm. as soon as the time is right, we're going to strike and get the, like, you know, and they just don't know any of the, the voices well, that you're doing because it just doesn't <laughs> make sense when it's like your face is like this and your projection is off and it sounds all bar. You're out there somewhere on the internet. So I'm recording. You oh, I, be- I believe it. Gosh, I know. I know. <laughs> How has it been on a personal level, like dealing with all of this? Cause like you said, everyone is just like teachers. They just see what you're doing in the classroom. Mm-hmm. There's no, like they don't go home and dealing with all of this. Right. You're at home dealing with all of They it. forget the other side, like I said, of teachers that, like, we are also husbands or wives and daughters and sisters and friends and mothers. And, like, I think people forget that and they think that teacher. well, most of us do live, breathe for our classroom, for our students. Like, I go home every single day and I tell stories about my students as if they're my kids. I'm like, oh, Want to know what Sweet Mackenzie did today, you know? Or do you know, like, Tara was talking about how she just got, like, you know, like, I I talk about them as they are, but... They're little people. Then there's the other side of, like, you don't know who's immune compromised in my own home, or you don't know, like, that I, I have doctor's appointments or that I... Like in any other profession, you get your PTO Mm -hmm. and some, some people will stack it up and take a full week, 10 days, the rest of the year, this, that, I mean, teachers get it too. Like, yes, we do get your, you know, the weekends and the 10 weeks in the summer, but it's not like our times that we go until mid June, we come back in the middle of August for like more training and stuff. And most of us throughout the summer are further, like we have to keep up. Like, I don't think that other people know that like we have to keep up with our credentials. I have to do a, a, an X amount of um, like trainings and stuff. I don't think people do know that. We have to, every single year I renew and do different trainings on suicide watch, trainings on EpiPen. Like people don't know all the hats that I wear that like if your child in my class goes into an allergy because something, something, something like that I have to know how to administer an EpiPen, right. you know? So I do trainings for things like that. I do I do trainings for like CPR. I do the other stuff of like signs for like child abuse and signs for depression and signs for suicide watch. And then other things of like maintaining like professional relationships and stuff like that of like, you know, little things that we have to consider of like, you know, whether you're leaving a door open when you're talking, like just like, you know, like the normal yeah. training that we have to do and people forget that side of it. Like we have to obtain a certain amount of um, like hours in order to maintain our certification. We have X amount of years that our certification is valid for that we have to go back to school because everything changes. You know, I may have graduated in this year and then the next year they implement something brand new. And so that's what we do a lot of times in the summer. We go to these conferences in different states or whatever. Like I can speak on my my sister, for example, she was just talking about signing up for it. She teaches, um, she's also a teacher and she teaches um, advanced placement courses. And so she was just reached out to by College Board. 
you know, and they want her to pilot this. She's been piloting this new thing in her class. And now they want her to go to this conference and give different uh, awesome. presentations and stuff on it. And so like, those are the things that we do where people are like, oh no, this teacher's just laying on the beach and they're doing this. Yeah. And I'm like, or I'm reading four different books to decide which one is now going to fit the new types of students that I, like every year curriculum changes. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, of course you want to keep like some classics in, in your curriculum, but then over the things that have been happening, um, we added other stuff to yeah, curriculum. To I was going to ask you some questions about teaching yeah. throughout, not just the pandemic, um, but the social yeah. issues that, I mean, I we've, we've talked about George Floyd on here before mm-hmm. and the, I guess, resurgence of the Black Lives Matter movement, yeah. but teaching through that what what was that like um I'm sure you did you have kids coming in asking questions were there like yeah conversations that had to be had I mean you obviously have to be very professional and how you have those types of conversations because things can get misunderstood especially kids can go home and say oh how was your day at school and all they have to say is oh miss such and such was talking about uh, the presidential campaign or something. And they could just say that. And all of a sudden the parent is like, Oh, okay. So then your teacher was saying that this is not my president. And this, like, you know what I mean? And it's, it's just like, a hot topic. It, did yes. the school, no, you don't say where you work with this. Did your school district take a stance on black lives? Matter? Did they issue a statement or anything like that? Or was it just, so they did not as far okay. as, um, I know. Um, I do think that like some teachers and stuff that I'm friends with, um, they use their platform for certain things. Like, you okay. know how Facebook has different filters and stuff that right, you right. add to like your profile pictures. So like you would see some teachers do that. I okay. think to kind of show like you could add like the Black Lives Matter stickers or you could add like, the, like, rainbow, the, the rainbow. Yeah, okay. stuff like that. I think that schools try to um, stay just neutral. Be quiet on like it. That. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, like, I don't, I just... I know that kids come in and they usually use school as a place where they ask pretty aggressive questions yeah. because they trust their teachers almost sometimes more than they trust their parents at times. And I just didn't know because if that trust has essentially been lost because they don't know their teachers anymore, mm-hmm. if that was even a big topic or if it was actually just like, it was not that big as a conversation with children in school. I think that they want to know and for me teaching English um I actually feel like I have more personal connections with my students than other teachers do um because anytime I start a unit I do a lot of like pre-reading assessments where we talk about the themes and stuff that are going to be present in the story and so it'll spark questions like we actually the, the one we just are wrapping up right now was um Charles by Shirley Jackson and so it's about like a boy who's really misbehaving but he creates like this alter ego and blame like he says this is this kid Charles when really you find out in the end plot twist Laurie was actually the one who was he would come home every day oh Charles hit the teacher Charles bounced this girl's head off the seesaw Charles lost his blackboard privileges all this kind of stuff and then you find out in the end that he he was Charles but so like I'll do pre-reading questions so we talk about like um you know, like we talk about things about like discipline and like what's appropriate mm-hmm. discipline in school, what's appropriate discipline at home. And you'd be surprised. Like, I actually really love this because I'm talking to my middle schoolers and I was, I, one of the things was like, what's a class clown? Why do certain kids behave like class clowns? What advice would you have for teachers, parents? And like kids give advice of like, uh, you know, talk a little bit more. And I'm like, oh, what, what do you mean by that? And they're like, well, I feel like my mom never wants to like hear my, like they talk about these things with me. And so I, end up getting these relationships even like I said of like discipline and they're like yeah like 
you should take away their phone. You should take the Xbox out of their room. And it's crazy because they say stuff like this. And I'm like, oh my goodness, like, maybe I should email your mom and be like, you know, next time this person, <laughs> your, your son or daughter is bad, this is what they think is that, like, you're not yeah. a bad mom if you say, I'm cutting the internet off of your phone right. or I'm changing the Wi-Fi password for this week or something like that because they almost want to be held accountable for their actions sometimes. Yeah. And so I do think that um, some of the conversations I get to have are, are deeper. Another story we read this year was All Summer and a Day by Ray Bradbury, and it deals with this futuristic world. You know, he's a big science mm-hmm. fiction writer. Super, uh, this uh, fake, fake world up on the planet Venus, but the, the theme of it is like bullying. This one girl who's from Earth is very different from her classmates and they, they do rotten things to her in this story. And so I ha- I get to have those conversations with them of like, have you ever been a victim of bullying? Or like, how do you feel when someone's saying, would you ever be friends with someone of a different background? Like I ask questions like that. And just, it's a matter of how you like orchestrate the conversation with mm-hmm. them that I think keeps it appropriate and gives you like the right results. Like one of the things that I've done is like, agree disagree sides in the room when a tape down the line for like I'm not sure kind of thing so I'll put a question up there of like would you be friends with someone who from a different background than you and then I'll say get up run to the side of the room and if you're not sure you stand on the tape line in the middle you know what I mean so sometimes I don't even have to have the conversation like if I'm worried that it could be something like oh someone could be offensive or this could sometimes just getting your feet moving and seeing what other kids think it just proves points a little bit you know what I mean so I think that I get to have those conversations where I don't see the place of that in a math classroom. Right. I, I don't know if I see a place in a science classroom, um, maybe social studies, depending what they're covering, right. you know, if they can talk about history like history matter. in terms of, yeah, like, repeating yes. <laughs> but I think from my experience, I think that English teachers are more willing and open to discuss those things. I feel like the social studies teachers that I know really just are into the history of it. Right. Maybe not necessarily having that conversation of like the social issues. Yeah. Of like, well, how do we see this now? Or let's try to connect this to something current or how would you guys feel? You know, me, I always have them do the personal connections to those, to the stories, even with that, that Charles story I was talking about, one of our opening questions was like, tell me about a time that you like lied, did you get away with it? And you'd be, they were all willing to talk about it. And so you like learn different personalities yeah. about them. Um, and so, yeah, it's funny. Cause then I, I feel like that gives me the connection with my students. And then I tell them like, at the end of the year, I usually give out like awards Um, Like I order certificates and I fill them out and I give them awards based off of what I've learned about them throughout the year. Like I would be like, oh, that's worst handwriting goes to Katie. And then I like make, they all like laugh about it. They're like, you're right, miss. You're right. Or like, oh, most likely to oversleep goes to Aiden who constantly misses his boss or stuff like that. And so I feel like I get to know my kids better. And that's where I try to like keep those connections there well, that I think they feel seen lost. by you too right. and if they feel seen they're going to trust you more yeah and like that's a way into it yeah. do is the school district and I don't know if you're allowed to talk to us are, are you guys discussing I mean critical race theory is a huge issue right now everyone is talking about it has it 
been an issue yet in your school district about how people are feeling? I feel like one of the local school districts was just voting on it if they were allowed to teach it or not. Have you um, experienced the impact of the critical race theory? I have yet? not because I feel like all of our board meetings and stuff as of right now are kind of directed towards like the shortages and stuff that mm-hmm. we're dealing with of not able to get substitute teachers, um, even transportation because you have people that are just, again, like everyone gets sick, yeah. you know, and especially like we are around a lot of germy things. I can't tell you how many Children. kids I see think, <laughs> things. Um, <laughs> you know. I mean, come on. Children are incubators for germs. You, all the time, I'm always like, Ugh, or they just, because sometimes they don't even think, like they want to come in and hug me and I'm like, we are not touching. Why are your arms around me right now? They're like, oh, I just had a good day and I wanted to come give you a hug. And I'm like, yeah. that's great. And I really appreciate it. But please stop it. There's no personal. I mean, my nephew walked over and literally looked at me in the face and sneezed. Yeah. And I was like, are you? <laughs> Get away from me. Yeah. You'd be surprised. Or yeah. literally, they'll sneeze in their mask and then they'll like give me their mask. I'm like, uh, what are you doing? Uh, and they're like, well, I sneezed germs. in it. And they're I'm like, germs. okay, all right. Like, well, this is what we're doing right now, you know? Um, cause you guys are dealing with basically everyone just getting sick right now. Everyone's getting sick. There's, yeah. So it's like teachers are out because some, I mean, there are also teachers who have been out, like we said, for mental breaks that they, so like, I was going to ask you, like, listen, I know just tough. How I are you know a few teachers like in specifically just my building that I work in that that's actually the reason why they're out. I'm sh- I, I can't imagine mm-hmm. dealing with a lot of this stuff. I'm reading about it. I'm seeing it. I'm not personally dealing with being a teacher right now. I'm not personally dealing with being a parent right now. Um, But I was dealing with COVID and I had to go through my own stuff. And like you realize later, yep, that was clearly in some COVID depression right there. How are you, if you feel comfortable talking about it, like how are you dealing with what you've been through for the past two years? I mean, that's for me. Um, working out is a huge there there's a reason oh, why punch me. I was say, yes the reason why i like beating you up four times a week now we but box just to be clear that's <laughs> that is something that i do for that you know what mm-hmm. i mean where it's a, it's an hour that i'm out of the house and yes it is like an aggressive style of workout but it's also not mindless but someone's telling me what i'm like i you know what i mean like i requires like focus yeah like i I don't know like i think that that's what i'm saying like i guess my version of mindless was it's it's i'm present in the moment i'm not thinking of a bunch of other stuff so for me like working out is 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 extremely important to just like kind of keep my mind right about it um i mean i seek help and i I do therapy sessions so like that's also just like me being able to just talk about like here's what i'm experiencing or i feel like i could have performed better in the classroom like so much of teaching is guilt that we take on Mm -hmm. you know what i mean and i'm like did i do this right did i deliver this the right way i really want to change this this flopped in this class but then it went really well in this other class and maybe i gotta tweak it for next year and so um what do you like about therapy if you don't mind me asking I have a therapist too. Yeah. Um, and um, I have my own personal reasons for liking having a therapist. Yeah. I mean, I like because it definitely is like a safe space for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel as if I can go there and unleash and the person that I'm talking to, he doesn't really judge any of the things that right. I'm saying. And I go in there sometimes with the craziest things that I'm going off on. So it's a very safe place. Um, 
sometimes just talking things out loud, you don't even realize what the issue is until you hear yourself saying it. Yeah. Because of course, or you how can, much it was weighing. Right. You. you can hear yourself, you know, going over it in your mind and mind, but until you're actually telling someone, this is why I feel this way. This yeah. is what's going on. I'm not really sure how to handle something like this. Like, I can tell you half of the conversation, like, it's just me working through my own thing and I'll say it and then I'm like, oh my God, why did I say it? Like, you know what I mean? The, what am I saying you for? But like, literally, yeah, I'm like, oh my God. I was like, all right, you know, I gotta go. Like, this is what I know. It's, it reminds me, so, it's funny because I watch um, Lucifer, if you see Lucifer on Netflix and part of it is he goes to like a therapist in it and I always laugh because um, what he does is he talks about it and then he thinks he solves it and he gets up and then he comes back again in the episode and it's just like, yeah, no, I should just like you. But it's just funny when you can talk about, uh, you know, the things that are bothering you to someone that's yeah. not really there to judge you. It's just to there you help work, work through the different things or find the underlying reason of why you're feeling so upset about something or why this is triggering you. Um, and yeah, I mean, that those are my, my real reasons for it. I think it's just, yeah. Good. I find that like sometimes they offer a perspective that I'm like, oh my God. Yeah. I like just needed to like rework how I was thinking about that. Mm-hmm. And it's just very helpful to have someone who's, it, it is like a safe space. It's mm-hmm. like, I feel like, I mean, I have two sisters, I have besties, I have whatnot, but like, it's just sometimes you just need this like third party independent person yeah. being like, I need you to tell me if I'm being crazy right now or what's going on. Yeah. Or just help me justify. Yeah, yeah. Like, am I right? Or am I just like sitting here thinking and thinking and thinking? And I just, I love therapy. I think yeah. it's the greatest thing ever. Um, I wanted to wrap up here, but I want to ask you about why you became a teacher. Um, I think everyone has their own personal reasons. Um, but to be a teacher and to stick with being a teacher, I think it requires a really special thing that you have to have inside of you. Um, I, like I said, I did it for a year and I, I had, you know, thought about doing it for almost the entire time I grew up and in college, I, I, it was one of my, it was my minor for about a year and a half until I realized that like, it just wasn't going to be the career for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know it requires something special to stay committed, especially nowadays. Um, what, what made you want to become a teacher? So I think that like, I always knew that was what I wanted to do. I like, I loved school. I loved learning, you know, school was very fun for me. It was very easy for me. And then I had those teachers that like made a difference for me. And it was like every, like, you know what I mean? There's the ones from elementary school, the ones from middle school, the ones from high school. You just have that person who just like shows that they care about you or makes you think differently or it encourages you to do something you aren't really sure. Like, you don't even know how many kids are like, well, I was thinking, I'm like, you absolutely should go to those basketball tryouts. Right. I'm like, do you want me to come sit down there? And they're like, would you? And I'm like, yeah, I'll go sit on a bleacher and watch a kid run back and forth to do it back because, you know, that's just what he wanted to do or whatever. He needs the support. Yeah. And so I think that like, I don't know. I just think of the type of person I am. Like I always was a very performative person. And so realistically thinking of like other careers, like I, I wanted to do like a meteorologist. I was like, I could totally like, <laughs> stand you could. up there. I wanted to Make be a like joke. hospital. Like a, I wanted to be like a hotel manager. Same thing of like, well, how was your, st-? like, you know, like interacting <laughs> with people. So I knew I had to do something that was like with other people. You could be a lawyer. And Objection. <laughs> um, I like. I don't know. Like, I like to be creative. I did go into college as undecided my first year, mm-hmm. even though in my head I was like, I know what I'm gonna do. I was like, I don't know why. I'm, but like, I, I just knew. Right. Like, there was just something in me that, like, I knew that that was my place. I adore reading. I adore meeting and talking to people and trying to get them to think differently and to open their eyes and exp- send them to a new world in a story that we're reading. 
send them to the past to see like, oh, this is what this person was going through. And that's why they wrote about this. Like, I think words are extremely powerful. So helping students like tap into their own creativity, whether they're writing poetry or whatever, or writing journals or teaching them how to be an adult and do like, no, like you need to know how to send like a, a formal email to someone. Like, I just, I just knew, like, I don't know. Like for me, it's, I know I talked earlier about like, you know, peaking at a certain job and not growing like, you know, with money and stuff like that. But I don't do my job for the money, like right. at all. You know what I, you know what I mean? Well, you're like, in the wrong I, job if you're doing That's what I'm saying. Like, it's just not like, that's not what it is. Like, I enjoy going to a place every day where like, I feel like I'm making a difference and it's different and I can be clever and goofy and creative and really make these relationships with like people come alive. And that's just like it for me. I guess like I don't know like my mom has had a desk job her whole life and I'm just yeah. like you're still do- you do spreadsheets every single day yeah you know um you pursued so, your passion yeah and you can see your dedication I mean at boxing class I that's yeah. what I'm saying I tell you, you about like, my kids every single you day you do but also like the ideas you come up like I'm watching your mind work as you're pre- preparing lessons and like you're so dedicated to them and like you really care like you can see that yeah that's why you know you're a good teacher because I'm not saying not all teachers are like that but you know, some teachers just don't have what you have and you're creative as hell. I do. I design like all my, like I, there are other teachers who send me links to things and websites and pre-made and I usually design and make my own stuff. Like I'm like, I don't want to Your just send them works, to a vocabulary.com. Like, yeah. I'm like, no. I, we're going to do vocabulary sentences where I put all of your names in it. Yeah. You know what I mean? How you, yeah. I mean, you can just tell. I mean, I've never been in your classroom, but I'm sure it's lovely. Feel, feel free <laughs> to just feel free to pop come in join. like a virtual one day. Uh, like, I'm just here to see Miss Laura. Yes, guys. Come, come and watch the show. <laughs> it's fun times. So the way we wrap up every show um, is ask people what brings them joy. So what brings you joy, Laura? Hmm. I, there's many ways that I could answer that. You can't say hit me with a left, a right hook. I guess yours. No, is right I hook. mean, well, I was going to say. Lefty, by the way. Uh, yes. Southpaw. <laughs> Indeed. Now, what brings me? I mean, I think just like half the time, I want to say like other people bring me joy. Like I adore my family, and I adore my friends, and I adore my students, and I think that like that's where the meaning of life comes from. It's like the experiences and the people that you meet, and like the relationships that you're able to to build with them. Um, I also really love Reese's. Um, so that's a big part I know. of my life as well. Oh. I, uh, Laura got her booster. Oh, am I allowed to no, say that? Sorry, can, Pippa. Yes. Uh, Laura got her booster. You might get a sponsorship with that, actually. <laughs> so, yes. So I dropped off a little heart-shaped Reese's cup, and I was like, that's it. Friendship solidified that's, that's forever. That's it. I don't know what it is. Literally, chocolate does it for me. I, absolutely. But specifically Reese's cup. Yes. And with the holidays coming up, it's just, I don't know how they do it. It's just the ratio of chocolate to peanut butter and those god. Are we doing we curse on here? It's fine. Go Those ahead. goddamn peanut butter hearts. Like, I just, that, and then they're going to have the eggs for Easter. Eggs like, are coming soon. I don't know what it does to me. I'm going to stock up for the, just every year to have it's them. It's just so. Just when you're having a bad day, I'm going to throw that Reese's I cup at it. you. It's always, it's always my thing. So um, your family and Reese's, and Reese's cups are Pinot Noir brings me joy, if I'm being honest. Will you double with the Noir and the cup? If I'm feeling, yeah. oh my gosh, but yeah. that would send me, I would be in euphoric, like, no, I don't even know if I could function if I had both Pinot Noir and Reese's peanut butter cups. Um, well, now you know. Yeah, honestly, it's just the way, the way to my heart now. So, but yeah, honestly, what brings me joy is 
being around people that I like enjoy spending my time with. Who have you know peanut butter cups? Who happens also? Yes, <laughs> want to have a wine and chocolate night. <laughs> so, you know. Do you have a GoFundMe page or anything for your like classroom or anything? Or no, people to donate so to? I've considered doing that. I I haven't actually done it, but I do know that there's like um, Amazon wish lists and stuff that you could do. Um, do you have any of that to like promote right now for people? I mean, I would always, I, I can put something together and I would like well, always. put something together and when we drop this, yeah. people can look at like the link or something I'll post. Yeah, that would be perfect. All right, cool. Because I was going to say, tell people to find you, but we're not going to actually tell people to find you. No, no one needs to be stalking you. No. But if you post an Amazon wish list or a phone, we will promote yes. that for your classroom. That I would love. Well, thanks so much for coming on, Laura. Absolutely. I'll see you in boxing class, Laura. <laughs> <laughs>